brought his chair a little closer to Lauderbanks, so that the politician would not have to speak so loud. Lydia Wells, Lauderback began, is the mistress of an establishment in Dunedin, whose name I should like only to say once, if you don't mind. The place is called the House of Many Wishes. Stupid name, really. I suppose you've heard of it. Balfour nodded, but only slightly, as to imply neither total familiarity nor total ignorance. The establishment to which Lauderback referred was a gambling house of the most decadent order, famous for its high stakes and its dancing girls. Lydia was uh, a fond acquaintance of mine at that establishment, Lauderback continued. There was no money involved. No money changed hands at all. You must understand that. Understand it, because it's the truth. He tried to glare at Balfour, but the shipping agent's eyes were lowered. Anyway, he said after a moment, whenever I was in Dunedin, I would pay a call on her. He waited, challenging the other man to speak, but Balfour remained silent. After a moment, he continued, Now, uh, when I first came to your offices, Tom, you'll recall that Godspeed was in need of a master. You didn't want her, and in the months after that, I had a fair bit of trouble finding a man I could count on to take up the contract. She was anchored in Dunedin, then. Lady needed corking, and I was out of pocket for repairs on virtue, as you might remember. All sorts of bills to pay. In the end, I made a snap decision and leased Godspeed privately to a chap named Raxworthy, who wanted to set up a run between Australia and the Otago fields. He was a Navy man. Retired, of course. He'd commanded a corvette in the Crimean War, up in the Baltic, and he had a Victoria Cross to show for it. He'd been everywhere. He used to say that if he'd been trailing a rope behind him, he could have tied a knot right around the world. He'd been discharged from the Navy on account of gout. Bad enough to get his long-term leave, which was due to him anyway, but not quite bad enough to make him want to swallow the anchor altogether. Godspeed suited him. He's an old-fashioned type, you know, and she's an old-fashioned girl. I went back to Akaroa after that and didn't hear from Raxworthy for a spell. But I was back and forth down the island fairly frequently, and the next time I called in at Dunedin, I found myself in a bit of trouble. There was a husband. Lydia had a husband. He'd come home while I was gone. Balfour narrowed his eyes. Crosby Wells. Lauderback shook his head. Not him. This man was the brute you know as Carver. To me, he was Wells, Francis Wells. Balfour nodded slowly. But now, the very same woman saying she's the wife of Crosby Wells, he said. Somebody's lying somewhere. In any case... Either lying about a marriage, Balfour said, or lying about a name. In any case, Lauderback said with annoyance, that doesn't matter. Not just yet. You have to hear it in the proper order. Back then, I didn't even know Lydia was married. When she was at the gambling house, she used her maiden name, you see, Lydia Greenway she was. I never knew her as Lydia Wells. Of course, once the husband showed up, I saw that I was in the wrong. I tried to back right off, 
try to settle things the proper way, but the chap had me in a bit of a corner. I'd just taken up the superintendency. I was a councilman. I was recently married myself. I had my reputation to think about. Balfour nodded. He played the cuckold. Tried to make a few pounds extra on the side. Lauderback's mouth twisted. It wasn't that simple. Oh, the trick's an old standard, Balfour said, trying to commiserate. Plays right into the heart of every man's fear, of course. And then the blackmail is almost a relief when it comes. Pay up, and you'll never hear from me again, all of that. Most often the girl's involved. I suppose he told you that she was expecting. Lauderback shook his head. No. He resumed, staring at the vessel in his hand. He was much cleverer than that. He didn't ask for any money or for anything at all, at least not right away. He told me that he was a murderer. The carriage clock on the mantel struck a quarter till the hour. The clergyman at the table next to theirs looked up, patted his thigh, and retrieved his pocket watch from his trouser pocket in order to synchronize the hands. He wound the key, twitched the dials, wiped the face of the watch with his napkin, and replaced it in his pocket. He then turned back to his pamphlet, cupped his hands around his eyes to narrow his field of focus, and resumed reading. He was very controlled when he said it, said Lauderback. Polite, even. Told me there was a fellow on his tail, a mate of the man he'd killed. He didn't tell me whom he'd murdered or why. Just that it was on account of a murder that he was being pursued. Didn't give you any names? No, said Lauderback. None at all. Balfour frowned. Where do you figure in all that? I hear that as another man's quarrel or another man's boast. But in either case, nothing to do with you. Lauderback drew closer. Here's the heart of it, he said. He told me I'd been marked as his mate, as his associate. When this avenger caught up with him and came to take his life, well, after that, the man would come for me. You'd been marked, Balfour said. Marked how? Lauderback shrugged and sat back. I don't know exactly. Of course, I'd been at the gambling house a fair bit. And I'd been out and about with Lydia here and there. I might have been spied upon. Spying's one thing, said Balfour. But how could a man be marked without his knowing? Marked? Like a tattoo, without his knowing? Come, this is only half a tale, Mr. Lauderback. Where's the meat of it? Lauderback looked embarrassed. Uh, well, he said, have you heard of a twinkle? A what? A twinkle. It's a piece of glass, or a jewel, or a scrap of a mirror that's inserted into the end of a cigar. One can still smoke quite easily around it, and when the cigar's in the mouth, like so, you can't see it at all. Gamblers use them. The gambler's smoking while he plays. He takes the cigar from his mouth like this, and holds the thing in his hand in such a way that the twinkle shows him a reflection of another player's cards. Or he uses it to show his partner his own hand if he's playing doubles. It's a type of cheat. Balfour held an imaginary cigar in his hand, splaying his first two knuckles, and extended his arm across the table. Now, he said, 
That seems like a damned inefficient way to cheat. <laughs>